0: You're listening to the Heal Better Fast podcast, dedicated to bridging the gap between alternative healthcare and mainstream medicine in utilizing everything good to help you feel great. We're glad you tuned in. Now here's your host, Dr. Michael Pound. Sylvie Biljanski joins us today, the author of Winning the War on Cancer. And in our interview, we talk about fighting cancer with natural compounds. We also discuss why we're falling behind in some cancer treatments, and why the natural approach is not more mainstream. We also discuss how her father got tangled up with the government who tried to eradicate his work after discovering natural anti-cancer compounds. I want you to please welcome Sylvie Boljansky. Sylvie, welcome to the show today. I'm happy to have you on.
1: Thank you, Michael. I'm delighted to be with you today.
0: So you have quite a story of where you got to where you are. And we'll share that in just a moment. But first of all, let's talk a little bit about your book, Winning the War on Cancer. I read through it and I'm really excited to dive deep in this book to tell my listeners a little bit about the information that has been suppressed that really needs to get out there to the public. So again, thank you for being on the show today.
1: Thank you for having me. Yes, indeed. I wrote uh, Winning the War on Cancer, the epic journey towards a natural cure, because I wanted to share this important, I think, important message uh, to the public about some scientific discoveries about natural compounds that were almost, uh, almost suppressed by the, the French government. They almost succeeded. And it was really only... Uh, out of, I mean, factor of, of luck and uh, friendship and solidarity uh, of many people to make these things survive, and it was an epic journey to 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 be able to take that information, this wealth of knowledge, to the United States and be able to continue here. Uh, with collaborations with uh, universities and make that fruitful and, and, and useful.
0: And when you say winning the war on cancer, in your book, you talk about this war starting back in 1971. Tell us a little bit about that and your perspective about what's going on
1: well this is referring uh, most pre- precisely to uh, the cancer laws that uh, president nixon uh, signed in 1971 uh, when he, he signed the cancer act Uh, He opened the door to uh, federal funding uh, for the research on cancer, and that had led to a lot of of billions of of taxpayer dollars spent uh, on cancer research. And when you look at where we are almost 50 years later, well, um, we have one out of uh, two women and uh, one out of uh, one out of two men and uh, one out of three women who are going to be diagnosed with a cancer diagnosis receive a cancer diagnosis during their lifetime and predictions uh, are that the numbers of cancer is going globally to double uh, by 2030. So that means like everybody is going to re- more or less is going to receive a diagnosis of cancer. Uh, this is uh, not, you know, a genetic disease as uh, pharmaceutical companies who are investing in, uh, in rare genetic mutations would like to, to, to present. It's linked to the increased pollution of the planet of the increased stress uh, and isolation uh, uh, we are living um, in, and uh, this number of cancer is not going to, to disappear. but also by uh, number uh, the number the kind of treatments uh, that have been you know people are receiving has not changed for the past fifty years. It's always about radiotherapy, chemotherapy, and surgery. Uh, so the results are what they are. They are very um, stable. I mean, there is a lot of failure. Statistically, the, there is less cancer st- statistically in some area like lung cancer, but it has more to do with people uh, smoking less than really making a progress on cancer treatment. So cancer treatments are not evolved, the number of cancer is rising, and here we are. What are we going to do?
0: I found it fascinating the research you present about early protection with prostate cancer and the fact that decreased testing actually decreases the amount of false positives or false diagnoses versus other areas where early detection like colon cancer has actually reduced the numbers of colon cancer. So it's a very interesting dichotomy there.
1: Yes, I- indeed. Indeed, uh, regarding the funding, almost nothing goes to natural uh, natural compounds. Uh, the reason is that natural compounds cannot be patented, and therefore uh, there is no return of investment for the pharmaceutical company. So they are not looking at, at nat- to develop natural compounds. They are only looking at nature for the you know source of inspiration. And when they find a natural compound that, you know, seems to be interesting, they tweak the molecule uh, to make it a new molecule that they can um, can patent. But that's where, you know, side effects, toxicity uh, do appear so the, the effort uh, the effort made on you know the war on cancer uh, does not include actually um natural n- a natural approach it's all about uh, the the genetic actually investing in uh, in m- genetic modification uh, that uh, an understanding which genes can you know induce a rare mutation but that's going only to touch um, seven, eight percent of the number of cancer, and most uh, the rest of the population keeps to be treated with with chemotherapy and radiotherapy.
0: And you talk about government agencies trying to limit access to medicine, which actually reverse disease. Talk a little bit about that.
1: Well, uh, my experience about the uh, government really. Uh, preventing people to have access to something that works is uh, with the French government. But I understand that this is not, you know, something isolated that's just happened to, to my father. Every, everywhere when there is something natural that works, it tends to be suppressed. And generally uh, at the very early stage, before it is uh, proven, and established and confirmed by uh, as a, by independent third parties with my father uh, my father was a biologist at the Pasteur Institute in Paris France and he one was was the first scientist to look at the environment as a cause and as a solution to cancer he was really one of the father of what is known now as environmental medicine and epidemiology. His idea is that there are, uh, beyond some possible mutation, there are uh, some compounds that have a carcinogenic potential, and they destabilize our DNA uh, slowly but cumulatively, and little by little, they induce such a destabilization of the DNA that the DNA becomes cancerous. It's not overnight. It's a l- slow, long process that gets increased as we get um, uh, presented to, uh, to carcinogens. And we are presented to carcinogens uh, all the time, all kinds of carcinogens. I mean, the, everything is polluted now. The food, the, the water, the, the, the air, uh, we, we, everything is, uh, pollution is everywhere. And we, we, our DNA is under constant assault. That's why the number of cancer is rising So he went on to make, you know, the the case of the importance of uh, environmental toxins on cancer. And then he said that if nature came up with carcinogens, nature had also come up with anti-carcinogens. And he tested uh, for natural compounds able to do exactly the opposite of Uh, carcinogens—compounds that would be able to block selectively, the duplication of the destabilized DNA. And he was able to find a number of compounds able to do just that. Uh, He left a body of 133 uh, peer-reviewed papers, got the interest of a number of doctors in France who started to use the products, give that to their patients, To the point where one day, uh, François Mitterrand, the former uh, French president uh, of the the French Republic, was uh, diagnosed with advanced prostate cancer and uh, wanted to to, to have access to to those products. So uh, Mitterrand took the products. And he started to get better and better, and against all odds, was able to finish his second term. So that's when, uh, really my father's work, uh, came to the limelight, and then some powerful people who had bet that Mitterrand could not, would not finish his second term and were already ready to, to cess power uh got really infuriated and after Mitterrand uh, passed away they sent the army a swat team to uh, to destroy the laboratory to to completely um they, they, they try to to really eradicate uh, from the face of earth uh the entire research They says the papers they says the computers they says everything and they they, they almost almost succeeded. Yeah, that
0: was such a fascinating story. Now, what were these products that he was using to treat cancer?
1: So, uh, he perfected uh, two extracts, uh, one uh, of two, bo- two botanicals. One is called Pau Perera, and the other one is called Revolfia vomitoria. And both have uh, shown to uh, have a large spectrum of anti-cancer properties. So the, the work done now here in the States uh, with the foundation, uh, through the Belgianski Foundation, has shown that those compounds were not gender or organ-specific, meaning we have worked, for example, on prostate cancer at, with Columbia University uh, and shown that it was working very well alone or in synergy with chemotherapy, for prostate cancer, and then we have uh, used the same extracts uh, at Kansas University Medical Center on ovarian and pancreatic cancer, and shown that you know, those same extracts were also that were e- efficient with prostate were also working very well on ovarian cancer and pancreatic cancer um, and in synergy with different kinds. Of chemotherapies, so we are really on something you know which is um, uh, very interesting because it does not depend on the sex of the person or, or the organ. We also uh, show that it was working with different kinds of chemotherapies, uh, not you know the one that docetaxel is, for example, given to, to, to men with, uh, with prostate issues, but also gemcitabine, carboplatin. So, and all those uh, chemotherapies belong to different groups. Uh, so they have different mechanisms of action. So we are here on something extremely general. We went also on to see that those compounds were working in uh, on pre-cancerous cells uh, that able to to fight inflammation, for example, elevated PSA for men with enlarged uh, prostate, uh, but also um, advanced uh, cancer which has metastasized and uh, is treated with anti-hormonal treatment. So, different kind of uh, cancer and different stage of cancer. And the latest papers are about paupera and Rovolfia vomitoria being uh, efficient to fight cancer stem cells. Cancer stem cells are those uh, molecules, uh, those, those, those cells, cancer cells, which are resistant to um, to chemotherapy so uh, you when you have uh, cancer you give chemotherapy but the cancer stem cells do resist the treatment they are able to survive to travel and to create metastasis and that's where you have a relapse of um, of cancer and as of today there is absolutely no drug uh, fda approved Uh, able to uh, fight cancer stem cells.
0: With regards to stem cells, you can continue to chop them down, but if you don't get to the root of the problem, they'll continue to grow back.
1: Exactly, exactly. Uh, uh, And uh, now we have the, the research done at Kansas University Medical Center is showing that those two extracts, uh, are uh, both able, uh, to, to, to fight cancer stem cells, uh, pancreatic cancer stem cells. So that's a beautiful uh, victory for, for people, for everybody, uh, who is fighting cancer and, uh, is uh, concerned with metastasis and, uh, everybody fighting cancer should be concerned with metastasis. Especially uh, considering that, you know, for example, yearly mammographies uh, are radiation. Uh, they do, uh, they, they, they are prone to create destabilization of the DNA and to uh, to induce cancer or metastasis um, after a surgery or after after treatment.
0: And the other thing I find fascinating is that you don't just talk about the treatment itself. You talk about the things that can be used in conjunction with current mainstream cancer treatments, as well as from a preventative standpoint for people who may not be fighting cancer.
1: Absolutely. It is working at every stage, even the pre-cancerous cells, even the inflammation. There is a, a publication showing also the... Uh, anti-inflammatory benefits of the of the pawpaw pereira and inflammation is uh, really the source of um, of all the problems including including pain uh, not not uh, you know not not necessarily cancer but inflammation is a source of so many so many problems if there is a way to um fight inflammation, and at the same time uh, have an anti-cancer benefit, uh, it should be like a no-brainer.
0: Yeah, in your book, Winning the War of Cancer, what I like about it is it's got a positive message, which is backed by real science and published data. And one of the data points that really stuck out to me in your book was from 2016, where you talk about adverse events in dietary supplements. And in 2016, there were 8,000 536 adverse events reported to the FDA regarding dietary supplement use versus over 1 million adverse drug-related events due to misuse.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know, when including um, uh, in the... In the dietary supplement uh, adverse events, I mean, are, of course, I mean, it's really, really important to, to look at, uh, at the brand and you only use brands, you know, which are uh, well established do their research of serious quality control. But the sa- side effects of dietary supplements uh, generally are uh, much less than the side effects of drugs. Absolutely. It's a m- more, much more gentle approach.
0: And you list some of those products, such as green tea, pomegranate, lycopene, soy, mistletoe, selenium. How does one know which ones are okay to use?
1: Well, it's you know, it's uh, I could not give you no know, a general answer. It's not really one fits all. I uh, generally, generally most, I mean. Uh, for example, for, for magnesium, a lot of people are some kind of magnesium deficient, uh, but not everybody. So really, I, I don't think that uh, you should tell, you know, people take magnesium, all of you. No, no, I wouldn't do that. It's really... A, a, should, one should have you know, a sensitive approach, work with a health professional, know exactly what are your needs, your deficiencies, have a dietary approach first, then uh, supplements wherever, whenever is needed, and only uh, if, if that's not enough, consider drugs which I do not uh, rule out uh, as drugs uh, may be necessary in certain cases, but you don't want to overuse anything.
0: I agree 100%. Now in the book, in your foreword, you talk about a struggle with Hashimoto's disease and the struggle of where this person had to go through different medical seminars completely out of the medical system to really learn about natural foods and supplements needed to heal why do you think it's not more widely accepted within the system
1: uh, i think the uh, medical books are written by uh sponsored i uh, sponsored by uh the medical industry and tell our, uh, and tell our really uh to the pharmaceutical company's needs uh very uh doctors lament that uh, very little uh of their uh, classes is devoted to uh, dietary uh, needs, to nutrition, um, and unless they do, you know, some uh, uh, psychiatry, uh, psychology uh, specialization, very little also is devoted to understand the emotions of the, the patient. And then there is also, you know, the the, the insurance uh, problem. The fact that you know, doctors who are in HMOs have very uh, little time. To devote to their patients, uh, have to see you know a patient every ten minutes. Uh, what can you do beside in ten minutes? Besides, uh, hello. Uh, what are your symptoms? And uh, take this, take that, and come back in, in in three weeks if you don't feel any better.
0: And you've obviously dedicated a majority of your life to this research and a foundation now that is helping push forward that research. Tell us a little bit about that foundation, what it is, what you're up to now, and really the future.
1: So the the foundation was, um, it's, it's a non-for-profit which was established uh, in New York uh, in 1999. It's a, a 501c3 uh, status. And uh, it's, its mission is to uh, continue research uh to fight cancer and other disease with natural compounds and of course we started with uh, researching my my the, the compounds that my father had already uh, researched and had already uh, shown that they had some anti cancer potential so we went uh, we went beyond what he had uh, done by establishing mechanism of action and uh, confirming uh that it was, uh, those, those, those compounds were working uh, on a large uh, number of cancer alone in synergy with chemotherapies and uh, were able to work at different stages of cancer, ranging from uh, very uh, precancerous cells uh early detection just for people who are concerned uh of a potential evolution to ca- for, of cancer maybe because cancer is running in their family or for men with uh, uh, bph symptom uh, to very advanced cancer uh, which have metastatized uh, are only uh, treated with uh, anti hormonal treatments so we we have run run experiments uh, in synergy I mean, in conjunction with um, univer- a number of uh, universities to 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 work on those, all those different kind of cancer and shown that every time we had uh, wonderful results and the latest uh, on uh, cancer stem cells are really really uh, promising we, we did that on pancreatic cancer uh, stem cells. We are now looking to do more uh, kind of cancer stem cells at the future. We uh, also are looking at doing some research on some uh, mix of green teas uh, that my father had also established uh, that uh, four uh, green teas uh, that he found in China, uh, for specific green teas, had uh, anti-cancer properties. This is something that uh, we confirmed with Kansas University Medical Center. Uh, we did this research on breast cancer, and uh, we were able uh, to have very nice uh, results compared to other uh, kind of green teas. So that's something we are going to, to develop uh, also for, um, for this, year, this year to come. That's
0: great. And if people want to learn more about what you're doing or connect with the foundation, where would you direct them?
1: Uh, to the website of the foundation, uh, which is uh, beljanski.org, uh, iorg
0: I want to thank you for your time on the show today. Winning the War on Cancer is available on your website. We'll put a link to your website in the show notes. And again, I appreciate your message and what you're doing and pushing forward with the foundation, The Natural Cures for Cancer.
1: Thank you very, very much. Thanks for listening
0: to the Heal Better Fast podcast at www.healbetterfast.com.